from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We appreciate you being here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Always having some fun here on the show, Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. It's called Wake Up Call for a couple reasons. Number one, it's in the morning, so there's your wake up call. And also because it's where sports meets life. It's about talking about the bigger picture, the bigger things, the more important things in life, bringing people together, community, faith, comedy, appreciation, empathy, sincerity. That's what Wake Up Call is all about. And it is an honor for me to share that, share the airwaves with some great people, many great people in this world. And one of those people that I truly appreciate their time and and appreciate all that they've done to be a part of the show is none other than Marvin Graves. And Marvin Graves is a former quarterback for the Syracuse Orange football team and somebody who we go to on Monday mornings as our Monday morning quarterback. This week, I was out, you know, spending some time with mom, some much needed time with mom. So Marvin's gracious enough to come on to the show today and be a part of the broadcast today and to have this conversation about the Super Bowl and what's going on in the NFL. So many topics going through my head, you know, in this time of year, you have Obviously, college football is wound up and, and has finished up here and recruiting is going on, but now you flip into what's going on in the Super Bowl and as, as well as what's going on in college basketball as college basketball is getting closer and closer to March Madness. So on today's show, we'll start off speaking with Marvin Graves with the Super Bowl conversation, Super Bowl L-I-I-I, Super Bowl 53. We'll discuss that with the Patriots and the Rams, and then at around 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, we'll break into college basketball, and I'll give you my thoughts coming off of Syracuse's road win against Boston College, and then we'll get back into the Super Bowl with Papa Joe at 10 a.m. He's usually at 9. We moved him to 10 today. And then uh, the Fantasy Football Power Hour will be shortened from 10.30 to 11 with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. So plenty of Super Bowl talk on today's show with a little break inside for Syracuse Orange men's basketball and a lot of great people involved with the show today from Papa Joe to Mike Sofka to, of course, Marvin Graves. So with that being said, let's bring Marvin into the show. Marvin, how are we doing today? Doing great, man. Uh, one of the coldest days. Uh, in D.C. this year, but, um, you know, you guys up there in Syracuse got me ready for this, so I'm doing <laughs> great, man, doing great. Yeah, it's cold everywhere, Marvin. It is It is absolutely freezing all over this country. Uh, to see that it was, what is it, the wind chill was negative, negative 50 in Chicago, I mean, have you ever seen anything like that? And what are your words to the people of Chicago and Wisconsin? And I mean, they're they're dealing with you know negative forty, negative fifty right now. I mean, just really be safe, man. And uh, <clears throat> you know, the people that uh, you know can help out, you know, some other people that you know, especially you know the homeless. You know, they definitely shouldn't be on the streets um, in, in in this type of weather. And, you know, just just look out for one another, man. It's it's you know, I've I've never been anywhere where it's been, 
you know, that cold. So, and I'm a guy that I don't really care how cold it is. I'm going to go outside and see how it feels. So I know people are still moving around, but, you know, if you can, if you can, you know, help somebody out, man, with a couple of blankets or a roof over their head, which I know is tough to do these days, uh, with, with trust issues and all the crime that goes on. But, you know, just try to look out for, you know, individuals, man, and make sure, you know, that they're, they're safe and they're warm. Yeah, absolutely. And and that is something that we think about in here and now is, you know, the people that are homeless, the people that are living on the streets right now and, and you know, how, how safe can they be in conditions like this and, and how many people, you know, could we lose in a situation like this? So, you know, I'm happy that you brought that up, Marvin. And, and again, you know, good when I said in the intro, good people being a part of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and, and just really appreciating you know, those of you that, that are on this show that, you know, care so much outside of the world of sports for, for other people and, and just in general, just what you could say about it. I mean, do you see a lot of that in, in D.C.? I can imagine that you do around the D.C. area. And, and just to go a little bit deeper into it, because they are the forgotten people during, you know, random days. I mean, a lot of people kind of just walk by and walk over them. But in days like today, their life is on the line. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, excuse me, it's very prevalent in D.C. Um, you know, if you ride downtown, you, you'll see some people uh, sleeping outside near the White House. That's crazy. Um, you know, it's situations where um, I've seen, you know, driving and pulling up to um, a stoplight. And, you know, at one point I saw a young, a young man that I went to high school with who was very prominent, was a young football player, played running back and defensive back. And, you know, he was out there. So, you know, that, that's why I say, you know, we, we really got to, you know, just look out for one another because, you know, you can be on top of the world one day and then the next day, you know, you never know what could happen out here. So, um, you know, it, it's real. You know, I, I've taken somebody in that was homeless, not so much actually on the street, but, you know, one of my neighbors uh, had moved and, um his uh uh he was living with his sister and you know his brother was living with her as well and i guess it got to a point once her kids got out of school um you know she basically wanted her house back she wanted to you know live her life and you know this guy was riding the metro you know all night and all day and and i saw him one morning and i'm like you know how in the hell are you in dc and you stay way out in maryland uh, the Pacific uh, part of Maryland he stayed in. I'm like, there's no way that he can get here on the Metro this early. And I found out he was homeless. So um, I talked to my wife and, you know, my, my oldest daughter was actually uh, in college. So um, I had a bed down in the basement and, you know, he had already, um, you know, my family and, you know, taught me a lot about um, gardening and stuff like that. So, you know, we took him in for a while and, you know, he ended up, uh, getting his, uh, getting an apartment and, you know, all of that stuff, man, he's doing great now. And that was about, you know, maybe four years ago, four or five years ago. And, you know, sometimes people just need help, man. And everybody got a story. So, um, at the same time, you can't help everybody, but in conditions like this, um, you know, if you got some money, man, buy some blankets, some socks, some, you know, whatever you can to make sure people are warm. 
Yeah, obviously, and, and help out where you can and, and do what you can to make sure that, you know, it, like you said, in this world where, you know, it's hard to trust people and, and there is that, you know, confusion always of who do you trust and, you know, are people for real and whatnot. I mean, at least you can walk up to someone and, and you know, and, and give them a pair of socks or give them a sweatshirt or, or sweatpants or a blanket or something like that. So, you know, you'd like to think that, uh, and there is that belief with, you know, people of faith that, you know, God hides amongst amongst us all. And, you know, there are those moments where, you know, you could be passing, you know, in a way, you know, God kind of saying, you know, I'm out here, would you help me if, if I need to be clothed? And, and there are good people out there. You know, unfortunately, there's good and bad all throughout. And, you know, it's it's a judgment call. And that and that's, that's the hard thing. But there are people that need our help today. And, we need to reach out and help them where we can. So thank you, Marvin. I mean, before we get into Super Bowl talk and everything, thank you for bringing that up because it is something that, you know, is on my mind right now, knowing how cold it is outside. And, you know, I mean, even just to open the door and feel it on your face for a minute, I mean, you could feel it come through the house. So thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're here with Marvin Graves, Syracuse Orange quarterback alum and somebody who is always our Monday morning quarterback. This week, being off on Monday, we have him on here on Thursday's broadcast, January 31st, to round out the first month of 2019. Marvin, I, 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 right before we get to the Super Bowl, i got to ask you this. I feel like the ball dropped five seconds ago, yet here we are at the end of January 2019, what are you taking away from this month? Did you make any resolutions? Have you lived those resolutions? What have you done with the first month of 2019? Well, um, I think we spoke before. Um, I've, I've been pretty much uh, just sticking close to family and, you know, really reevaluating, number one, myself. You know, I think I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, well, I'm about to turn 48 years old, you know, I've gotten to this point, was good, was not so good, who's been good in my life, who hasn't been good in my life, um, who I've been, who, who I need to be better, uh, do more for, so I, I, I basically have been doing a big self-evaluation, and, you know, for me it's just, um, you know, making sure the people that are the closest to me. Um, understand that I love them, that I'll do anything for them, and um, my friends as well, trying to reconnect with some of my friends. You know, they have kids that, you know, I got a, my best friend, his uh, youngest son goes to St. John's High School. He's recruited by everybody. He wants to go to Clemson. You know, so sometimes you get busy, man. His other kid, his other son, his older son is playing uh, ball out in Iowa at a D3 school, we got hurt in high school. He's probably going to be at a Division One school. So um, I haven't seen my best friend, you know, in a while. He actually called me the other day. So we don't see each other as much as uh, we used to. But I think it's important that, um, you know, we just try to find time for the people that really mean a lot to us and people that can, you know, help our, our lives progress. Um, you know, and I, I've done that reevaluation, and, I, and sometimes you got to put people in different categories. And it's, it's no disrespect, it's no nothing personal, but um, you know, I'm careful about who I call my friend. You know, if, if you're not my friend, you're not my friend. You're my associate, and I have good associates. Um, so um, just really focused on, like I said, my family, my daughter, their wife, number one, um, making sure that they have you know what they need and 
um, all that I can give them uh, within my means. Um, and then from there, I reach out to my friends and uh, close associates and people like that. Um, you know, make sure some of my neighbors are, are okay. They're a little older than me. Um, I'm going to be, be be there one day and need people to kind of keep an eye out for me and do things for me. So um, really no big resolution, man, just refocusing and just looking to make this a better year uh, than last year. That coming here from Marvin Graves, making this a better year than last year. Syracuse Orange quarterback alum, and we are here this morning uh, speaking on the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is just a couple days away. I had the opportunity to fly through Atlanta when I spent some time on a little vacation with my mom over the last few days, and we flew into Atlanta, and obviously there's all of the Super Bowl signs and welcome to the Super Bowl and the Rams gear and the Patriots gear and the Super Bowl, you know, 53 stuff everywhere. And it was really cool, interesting experience to kind of fly into a city that's, you know, engulfed in this thing. What do you think about having the Super Bowl first and foremost in Atlanta, Georgia? I mean, it's it's at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I was there uh, not this past season, but the season before for the Chick-fil-A kickoff game with Alabama and Florida State inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Obviously, that's where the Falcons play. What do you think about having Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, you know, having that city on the map right now for this? They've got to host the Final Four in recent history. They've gotten to have like the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, obviously. They have the Falcons, and now they have the Super Bowl. What do you think about that? I think it's great. I think Atlanta's a great place. Um, a quick story that a lot of people don't know. Um, my, my college decision came down to Syracuse, Georgia Tech, and I want to say Boston College. But Syracuse and Georgia Tech were my top two teams. And, um, you know, Syracuse staff just really showed off and, and really made me feel at home. But I was very close to, to going to Georgia Georgia Tech. Um, so Atlanta's a great place. Um, that stadium is phenomenal, man. My wife even saw, uh, we saw, was watching a segment on it, how they open and close it. And, um, you know, what a beautiful stadium, especially, you know, for the Super Bowl. And the thing about it is the game is going to be played on even ground, whether, you know, if it rains or snows or something like that happens, you can close the roof. You know, so now we can get the best game that we can possibly get, even though, you know, I enjoy playing outside in the, in the elements. But, um, you know, Atlanta's just a beautiful city. It, it's a lot going on down there. Um, like I said, I, I almost went to Georgia Tech, which I think could have been a great experience, but I wouldn't I wouldn't change my experience for the world. Um, and, you know, it, 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 I think, you know, I, I hope that D.C. can get a Super Bowl one day because uh, I just think it's a great event and I think it's a great way to, uh, bring a ton of revenue to the city. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, for the city, it has so many great things. It has Dragon Con for the entertainment side of it, too, with actors and actresses coming up and being a part of that. So there's been a lot of cool things that I got to witness and be a part of in Atlanta. And I think it's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously a massive airport. There's a ton of people coming in and out of there all the time. It is the hub for Delta Airlines, and it's just, I mean, it's insane. So to have the Super Bowl down there, people have been going down to the Super Bowl, getting ready for the Super Bowl since uh, it, it's they, they've started over a week before the Super Bowl. So they've been going down for a couple weeks now altogether, which is 
pretty awesome and, and, and pretty neat to see, you know, just how much time and effort everybody puts into this. Speaking here with Marvin Graves on the Super Bowl. So, Marvin, let's get to it. The New England Patriots, they're they're the three seed, and then all of a sudden, you know, Houston's the two, and then they sneak in and they get the two, and they get a bye, and they go up against the, you know, the, the big bad Chiefs ultimately to get into the Super Bowl, and they're able to do it in overtime. And, you know, it's it, they count them out over and over and over again, but they still find a way to do it. What are your th- thoughts on the Patriots? Can anybody beat them? Can anybody stop them? If it's not Tom Coughlin, you know, can anybody hold down the Patriots? Because it seems like however they get in, whether they're beaten, bruised, talked about, not talked about, they always find their way, more often than not, they find their way to the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts on the Patriots this year? I mean, they're just they're a dynasty, man. And, uh, you know, as much as, you know, people want to talk about Spygate and the, the Patriots are, are cheating and Tom Brady's not one of the best because of, you know, they're cheaters. One of my buddies said he doesn't put him uh, in the Hall of Fame or is one of the best because of the cheating. And I'm like, well, they just got caught. You know, I'm sure it's a lot of teams doing the same things, trying to get an edge. But, you know, the New England Patriots, man... I, I feel like, to be honest with you, if if I was drafted to the New England Patriots back then, I really firmly believe that I may have played. I don't know how long I would have played, but I probably would have tried to be on that coaching staff, you know, way back when. Um, I know Coach McPherson was there. Um, that's one of the reasons why I would have wanted, wanted to play there. Ivan Fears was there. And... Um, it's a dynasty, and they have a structure in the way they do things, the way they conduct business. And fortunately for them, they have Tom Brady. And Tom Brady is one of the best, if not the best, quarterbacks that has ever played the game because you have to look at uh, Super Bowl appearances and Super Bowl wins. And that's that's what uh, a lot of people are, a lot of athletes are, are judged on, um, is championships. And if you can get to the championship, almost every single year and, and, and win it. Um, and they've never been blown out in the Super Bowl. So they've all, they're always competitive. They always find a way to plug guys in. Um, they lose Josh Brown, and they really don't miss a beat. Um, but it, it speaks to the team. Um, you know, no one is bigger than the team, but, you know, the key piece to that whole thing is Tom Brady. And, you know, I, I just think uh, the Rams have a defense that can give them a chance to win the football game uh, if Jared Goff shows up. Yeah, and when we look at Jared Goff and, and, and what he's been able to do so far, you know, this is an interesting Super Bowl because we're looking at the youth of Sean McVay as a head coach. We're looking at the youth of Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, relatively young as well. You know, we're looking at the the young guns, and if we're looking at quarter and a quarterback and head coach, let's if we just take it there, we're looking at Goff. Young guy, technically in his second year, because in his first year, Je- you know Jeff Fisher didn't really put him out there that much. So last year he was the first time as a starter. This year, second year as a starter, and then you got Tom Brady on the other side, 
who is, you know, obviously getting up there in age and has been around the block for a while. And then you have Sean McVay, who's close to my age in his 30s, as opposed to on the other side of things, you have, you know, Bill Belichick, who, you know, has been coaching since before Sean McVay was alive, you know. So what do you think about, you know, putting these two up against each other in the juxtaposition of it all, that you have young coach, young quarterback versus seasoned grizzled vet coach and seasoned grizzled vet quarterback? I just think it speaks to uh, how great the NFL is right now. Um, You know, football to me is the ultimate team sport, and it's not just the players on the field. It's the coaching staff. It's it's the general manager. It's the player scouts. And, you know, to watch the Rams, Sean McVay was on the Redskins staff, and I loved him while he was here, and I thought that, you know, well, when he left, I, I was really disappointed that he left. But, you know, that's business. And to see him at, is he 33 now? Uh, Sean McVay is, I think, because I'm 33 and he's right around my age. So he is, let, let me let me get the exact here for you. I don't want to. I don't want to misquote him. Sean McVay, or misrepresent him. Yes, he is 33 years old. So him and I are the same age currently because he just turned 33 on January 24th. So, I mean, at 33 years old, man, I was I was just got injured in, in, in Saskatchewan and was, was really at a place in my life where, um, you know, I didn't know if I was going to have surgery and come back and play ball. And, you know, but just remembering being 33, and being a player, this guy is 33, and he's in a Super Bowl. So, I mean, you just can't talk to the discipline, the knowledge, um, just the all-around commitment to being uh, a football coach. And I, I just think it's a great, great storyline to have Sean McVay and golf going up against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and I think it's going to be a great game. I think that it's going to be one of those games that that goes down to the wire again. I just hope that the Rams have the ball last because I put my money on the Rams, <laughs> my $20 on the Rams. But what a great storyline, man. And, you know, I really don't care who wins, but it would be great to see either one of these guys win. But I would love to see the Rams pull it out, not for my 20 bucks, but – just to see and, and, and to show young coaches and young players that if you buy into a system, if you're an ultimate team player, if you put the work in and the ball bounces right for you, that you can be in a situation like that. You don't have to wait until you're five, six, seven years into the league to be able to accomplish something like this. Speaking here with Syracuse Orange quarterback alum Marvin Graves, our Monday morning quarterback, joining us here on Thursday closer to the Super Bowl as the Super Bowl will happen this Sunday, February 3rd, believe it or not, folks. It is coming up very, very soon. And to keep with the Rams side of things, uh, Marvin, just what what you think about you know some of these other guys that are out there. I mean, obviously, Gurley is trying to get himself right. He wasn't happy with his play a game ago, but we have Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson who came over. He's been a little bit of a journeyman after being with the Denver Broncos, and he's been playing very well. And then you have Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and whatnot, and then uh, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee at tight end have been playing well. What do you think about the offensive weapons of the Rams? Because we're, you know, obviously people are going to talk about 
Sony Michelle and and you know and James White and Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman and 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 Chris Hogan and so on and so forth with the Patriots. How do the Rams' weapons stack up? What do you think about you know to speak on the offensive weapons of both teams? What do you like about the Rams? What do you like about the Patriots? Well, I mean, the Rams they, they're pretty much similar when when you talk about uh, you know the multiple athletes that they can get the ball to. Another name, a guy had a big game last week for the Rams is Josh Reynolds, uh, who's another receiver that um, filled in for, uh, can't think of the kid name that got hurt for them earlier in the year. Cooper Cup, yeah. Cooper Cup, yeah. So Reynolds Reynolds had uh, played a big game last week. Um, You know, Woods and Cooks, um, they speak for themselves. And like you said, the tight ends are playing outstanding. You know, those are some guys that are just waiting for their opportunities. They're hungry uh, to make plays. So um, the Rams have weapons all over the field, man. And that's why I just say if that offensive line and Jared Goff shows up, I think they can give uh, the Patriots some problems and keep Tom Brady uh, off the field. On the flip side of it, um, <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about, well, if I'm, if, if I'm the Patriots, how would I game plan against? The Rams, and, you know, I think the Rams are, are pretty stout against the run. I think the Patriots will still try to run, but I think what you'll see is Tom Brady come out and Belichick put the ball in Tom Brady's hands from the beginning and, you know, probably throwing a lot of quick passes, getting the ball out of his hands. I think they'll pass the ball to set up the run. And, um, you know, their weapons on their side, man, good gracious. You know, you got a three-headed monster at running back. You have Hogan. You have Edelman. You have Grunk. You know, you got Dorsett. You have uh, one uh, one guy that I would love to have down here in Washington is Patterson. You know, this guy's played running back. He played wide receiver. He he returned kicks. He's a big guy. So you you never know who's going to get the ball for the Patriots. And I think, you know, that may be one edge that the Patriots have. Um, and if it is, it's a very slight edge. But um, I think on both sides of the ball, man, you know, you got you got a lot of talent. And I think, you know, with, with the Rams, if, if they could try to establish a run with Gurley and C.J. Anderson, um, I think the play-action game, which, you know, their play-action game, um, uh, golf is, is a lot more uh, efficient when he's throwing – uh, off of play action versus just straight drop back. So I think you'll see a lot of uh, misdirection, motions from Sean McVay, play action stuff just to get the ball, uh, just to freeze the defense and, and try to get, get golf, you know, back there and get the ball out of his hands quick. And then they'll take their shots downfield. And, and you know, really quick here, Marvin, you know, as, as a former quarterback, you know, quarterbacks get knocked for the dink and dunk thing, you know, and, and moving the ball down the field, you know, just, just doing little check downs, little short passes, you know, waiting for the – but Tom Brady makes his hay with finding guys like Chris Hogan or like Julian Edelman for short passes or James White always cheating, kind of staying right there by the line of scrimmage. Brady is somebody who has utilized this maybe better than any quarterback that we have seen in a long time, maybe ever – but why is he not brought up in the conversation? You know, Tim Tebow does a dink and dunk, and Tim Tebow's not a quarterback. Tom Brady does a dink and dunk, and they say that the Patriots have a well-oiled machine. What do you think about Brady's dink and dunk and, and leaning on guys like James White so much and, and not getting critiqued for it? Um, you know, that's why Brady can play uh, at 40-something, and I, I think he will play till he's about 45. 
uh, if he doesn't have any serious injuries because Tom Brady, the game is so slow to him. There's no defense he hasn't seen. There's no blitz that he hasn't seen. Um, so, you know, you want to teach your quarterbacks to take what the defense gives you. Let's move the chains. Let's get ten, let's get 10 yards and let's, you know, get first downs and move the chains. And that's what Tom Brady does. He takes what the defense gives him most of the time. And that's why he's such an efficient quarterback. That's why these guys out there, it doesn't matter who they plug in, um, if they run their routes, they know that there's a potential that they can get the ball. So um, it, it's really nothing magical about it. Um, I coach the same way. You know, take what the defense gives you. Don't 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 give the ball to the defense. If we got to punt it away, we'll punt it away and put our defense out there. Now, if you need to make a play, then you force it in there. And I think that's why, you know, he's been so successful is because the players around him have been very unselfish. They work hard, and they know that there's a chance that they can get the football, whether it's one catch or it's ten catches. So um, they are a well-oiled machine. Um, um, again, they have a system that everyone is bought into, and, and and there's no eyes. No, you you don't see any one. You never hear anything about. <clears throat> excuse me. You never hear anything about uh, like a Le'Veon Bell situation or or. Uh, 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 a Brown situation where it, it, it's about me, you know, it's always about the team there. And, you know, they have a dynasty, man, and you just got to respect it. That coming from Marvin Graves, you have a dynasty and they have to, and you got to respect it. That being the Patriots dynasty on the other side of it, the Rams who have always given hell in the Super Bowl in recent history. They don't have Kurt Warner this time. They have Jared Goff, but they're looking to make things happen as they move forward. And, and uh, a final note here, Indomitian Sue, Dante Fowler Jr., and Aaron Donald all on one defensive side of the ball coming at you, Marvin. If you're, you know, bring me back to your quarterback days. If you were playing quarterback right now in your prime, and I told you Indomitian Sue, Aaron Donald, and Dante Fowler Jr. were coming your way, give me your thoughts on that. Well, the first thing, you know, I'm going to do is throughout the week of practice or two weeks of practice, you know, I'm going to let my office alignment know that I trust them. Um, and and I know that those guys are going to play as hard as they can play for me. Now, you know, my guys get paid too. So that's why I feel like um, initially uh, the game plan for the Patriots, and I could be totally wrong, but um, – not knowing all the details and everything, but I would think that I would put the ball in in my best guy's hands and spread them out and and try to, you know, throw quick passes, throw screens, and try to get those defensive linemen running side to side more than upfield um, early in the game so that when the fourth quarter comes, it's Tom Brady time. So, um, you know, that, that that that's a hell of a trio to have on the defensive line. And, um it's going to make for a great game. And I really think if the Rams can stop the run and contain Sonny Michelle and White and Rex Burkhead, if they can contain the run and just make Tom Brady have to throw the ball, I just feel like the percentages are less when you can't run the ball. You know, there's tip balls, there's uh, deflected balls, things like that, that can happen in the passing game. So if the Rams can make Tom Brady throw the ball uh, 
I would say more than seven, about 70% of the time and shut the rundown, I think they got a really good chance. If the Patriots can come out and, and run the ball half as well as they did against the Chiefs, it could be a long day. Yeah, you know, we know that Tom Brady can throw the ball. The worst thing in the world that they could do is have a is have a rushing game. And when they drafted Sony Michelle out of Georgia straight off of playing in the national championship of the college football playoff, you knew that it was going to get better. James White was already there. Rex Burkhead is there as well. And Cordero Patterson, like you said, has the ability to do a little bit of everything and was underutilized in Minnesota. So they are in a situation, these Rams, where if they can stop the run and force Brady to pass, you're still going to have a day, but you have a fighting opportunity. It's when the Patriots are allowed to run the ball that I think that that's the key ingredient, is if you allow them to run on the ground and Tom Brady gets to take a little break and assess the defense and, and let you know let the runners take off while he's kind of just walking up the field, then you're in a dangerous position because the more energy you allow Tom Brady to keep in for a fourth quarter comeback or a fourth quarter surge, the worse off you're going to be. So you got to get to him. You got to get to him quick and early, and you got to get to that rushing attack, or you got to rush against the ball and, and make sure that you stop that. Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, Dante Fowler Jr., who I covered in Jacksonville and spent some time with one-on-one, these are the guys that can stop these things, but they're going to have to play their best game. The Patriots are that team that if you don't play almost 100% your best game, you're in a lot of trouble. You can play 97.8% and still lose the game. That is who the Patriots are. Marvin, as always, I appreciate having you on the show. Thank you for your positive words and everything you said today. And to everybody out there, you know, if you see somebody on the street, hand them a towel, hand them a blanket, Give them a sandwich, do something, and say a prayer for them as well. So thank you, Marvin, for your kind words today, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks a lot, Dan. I always enjoy it, and you know I definitely look forward to uh, talking to you next week after uh, a great Super Bowl. So enjoy your week, man. Enjoy the Super Bowl. and um, I applaud you for spending time with your mom, man, because you only get one. Yeah, you do. You only get one. And in this world where everybody wants to critique everything you do nowadays, you can always lean on mom and, and you know get back to the things that actually matter in life. That's right. That coming from Marvin Graves. And uh, we'll talk with you on Monday, Marvin. And I look forward to, uh, to speaking with you on Monday and enjoy the Super Bowl, okay? You too. Take care, man. Take care. That coming from Marvin Graves one more time. And, you know, on a day that should be a holiday, in my opinion, right? Because whether you're a fan or not of football, you watch the Super Bowl. You know, some people watch it for the commercials. Some people watch it because it's a big game. Some people just like going out. Some people just like having a party and having friends over and whatnot. So, you know, when it all comes down, I mean, my mom, my mom doesn't really watch the NFL, but, you know, we're on vacation with each other a couple days ago and she's like, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? You want to watch the Super Bowl? So, you know, it's 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 just a thing. It's a thing that, you know, people do. It's it's like the final four. You just get involved. You know, some of these people could care less the rest of the year, but they want to see it then. The Super Bowl is a big day. So I think Monday should be a day off. But we'll be on the air on Monday morning. We're going to have plenty to talk about. I am sure that we will have more than enough to speak on Monday morning. Let's take a step aside. We'll get back to the Super Bowl talk with Papa Joe. Many people have... You know, this, that, and the other. But on this show, we have a Papa Joe. And he's coming up right after this. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. 
their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Hi, friends and fans. Home Team Pub is the place to be to cheer on your fave home team. Located at 7990 Oswego Road in Liverpool, HTP has you covered with an amazing drink selection. Let's not forget about the signature drinks or those kid-approved gourmet milkshakes. The happy hour specials and pub entrees will have your mouth watering. Check out the website hometeampub.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more specials. At Home Team Pub, you're always the MVP. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are here inside of Thursday, TGIT, folks, and the final game, hard to believe this, I sit at my desk every year and I go, the NFL season goes by fast, Daniel. You got to enjoy talking about it. Got to enjoy having it on your show because it goes by way too fast. And I'm like, nah, it won't go by that fast this year. It's only week five. And then it's week 15 and now it's the Super Bowl. The last game of the season, 2018-19 season, is coming up here this weekend. This, you know, Every single year the NFL goes by like the snap of your fingers. It's just as quick as that. And it's just how it is. So you got to enjoy it while you got it. And like I said, shows have different things. They have quips. They have this. They have that. They have the other thing. Well, our show has a Papa Joe. And there ain't nothing better than that. 
So with that being said, speaking on the Super Bowl this morning with the Rams and the Patriots, you can have what you want. You can have your quips and you can have your this and your that. And, you know, you can you can have all your mumbo jumbo, but you don't have a Papa Joe. And when you don't have a Papa Joe, you're not at the top. You're not sitting here, you know, from from the top of the mountain looking out amongst the people. So with that being said, our show has the best thing that we can have. And, and one of those things is the Papa Joe. So, Papa Joe, how are we doing today? Fine, Daniel. Thank you for the accolades. That's very kind. And so, Papa Jay, we're at the Super Bowl. Somehow we got here. Do you feel that way as well? Do you feel like you sit down to watch week one of the NFL, and before you know it, you're talking about the NFL draft? Well, you know, when you're retired, you have a lot of time on your hands. So uh, I try to stay busy most of the time, but I do look forward to my Sundays watching football and Saturdays watching college football, of course. But uh, it does it does go by very quickly. It just seems like we... Uh, we watched a national championship game uh, a couple of weeks ago, and here we are with the NFL Super Bowl. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, we'll see what's going to happen. I, I I got some thoughts. And and let's start there. What are your what's kind of like? Let's paint a broad brush. What are your opening thoughts about this Super Bowl? Well, when you when you look at the body of work that Belichick has done over 20 years, uh, you you don't want to give the lobster boat captain any any dartboard materials like that defensive back did uh, this last week. And plus, you don't want to give him two weeks to prepare for you instead of one week. Uh, you know, Los Angeles certainly is an up-and-coming team. They have wonderful athletes. they got a good defense, good offense, up-and-coming quarterback, uh, smart offensive coordinator slash head coach. You know, all of this is fine, you know, but if you give Belichick two weeks to prepare for you, I think you're in for a rough time. And when you look at this, you know, like you said, the locker room material and whatnot, when when somebody comes out and, and says something, I mean, at this point, I feel like with social media and everything that's out there now, I mean, it's just stupid to say anything publicly. You want to keep it to yourself. You want to say it, you know, in, in front of your mirror at home, that's fine, but I mean, don't you think that where we should be at a point where people know not to poke the belly of the beast, especially when you're poking the Patriots? Of course. I mean, you, you, you don't rile these guys up. I mean, certainly uh, Brady has slipped. Uh, his his uh, Of course he slipped. I mean, it's age coming in, but the man, the man doesn't die. I mean, the man plays. He plays hard. He's smart. He's still got a strong arm. And for this kid to say these kind of things... Uh, Maybe some of the older guys on that team should have said, you know, tone it down a little bit, you know, tone it down. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a good game. It's 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 going to be youth against uh, the age, and we'll see what happens. You know, and I, I think it's funny that the person that did it is Nickel Roby Coleman, and Nickel Roby Coleman is also the guy who admitted that he got away with pass interference against the Saints. So I think it's kind of interesting that of all people to open their mouths, not that anybody should, but of all people to uh, to open their mouths uh, about Tom Brady, it's somebody who got away with a no-call pass interference that helped his team get into the Super Bowl. That's true. Uh, let's, let's see what kind of mouth he's got when he lines up in the slot across from Edelman. Or maybe he's got a pick up uh, Gronkowski coming across the middle of the field with his five foot eight frame and see what happens. So, you know, I, I know he's a good player. I know Los Angeles is a very good team. They've come a long way in two years. McVay is, is going to be one of the great coaches probably in, in our recent history. But, you know, I, I, I still like the Patriots. I, 
I can't get past the, the notion that they've been there, done that, and they just have a, a way about them. I, you know, most of the people in this country can't stand the Patriots. They don't like Belichick. They can't stand Brady. They can't stand his wife, money, and all this kind of stuff. You know, I, I respect Brady. I respect Belichick. I'm I'm a Patriots fan, maybe not as much as, as most diehard fans. I just I just admire what they've accomplished over the years. And the, the body of work is there. I mean, if you want to go back three or four or five years and see how these guys prepare for a Super Bowl, uh, you're in for a big surprise. They work just as hard now as they did on opening camp. They got the greatest of all time, not arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. I go back uh, days to uh, Bart Starr and Terry Bradshaw and Joe Montana. No one could hold a candle to this guy, mainly because the athletes are so much better and faster these days, uh, and you've got to be that much quicker off the ball. So, you know, got the greatest of all time. You probably got arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. So you put those two together, and do they have one more shot at this? Maybe. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and speaking here with Papa Joe on the Super Bowl this morning, Super Bowl 53, for those of you that like Roman, numer- Roman numerals, L-I-I-I is how you would say the Super Bowl here. But, you know, to look at this game, I want to get back to uh, Nickel Roby Coleman and, and what he had to say here about this. Uh, Nickel Roby Coleman, who now now first and foremost, he said about his about his hit that he said, oh, hell yeah, that was P.I. for pass interference. So he said that back then. And he said, I just know I got there before the ball got there and I whacked his expletive. End quote. Now, he went on to say about Tom Brady, quote, for him to still be doing it, that's a great compliment for him, but I think that he's definitely not the same quarterback he was. Brady can still sling it, but he's not slinging it as much. Whatever he was doing because of his age and all that, he's not doing as much of that anymore. He's still doing the same things. He's just not doing as much of it, and sometimes it's not the sharpest, but it still gets done, end quote. So a nice backhanded compliment they asked Tom Brady what his thoughts were on it. What did Tom Brady say? It's what he always says. With a smirk and a lookout into the abyss, he says, quote, yeah, I don't have much to add, end quote. The worst thing in the world to do is to tell a man who already can beat the hell out of pretty much anybody on the football field, tell him that he sucks. Every single time they poke the bear, he smirks, he stares out into the abyss, and he goes, let's play some football. Very good. Very well said. You know, this this game is going to be, as I usually say this uh, before every big game, it's going to be it's going to be one in the trenches. Uh, New England hasn't been given enough credit for the the way they run the ball. Uh, Now they got a couple of big bruising fullbacks back there, Devlin and Burkhart. They got shifty uh, Sony Michelle. If the. The Patriots run the ball and control the line of scrimmage against a very, very difficult uh, team to block in the, in the Rams. I think it's going to it's going to start out that way. If he starts running the ball, if they get a hundred yards during the first half, or they wind up one hundred and seventy five yards for the whole for the whole game, they've controlled the line of scrimmage and they're going to win the game. So let's start with there. You know, Roby's he may be a, a really good young cornerback but or the safety i don't i don't even know what he is anymore safety and besides on that on that uh, pass interference play now he's saying that the ball was tipped 
Well, he he wasn't even turning back looking at the at the line of scrimmage. He was busy ramming a guy. So I don't know where he got that information from. But uh, as I said earlier, the if the if the Patriots control the line of scrimmage in any big game, they're going to win a game. And I will say that uh, a fellow defensive back, Patrick Chung, on the other side of things for the Patriots, you don't usually hear the Patriots say too many things out there publicly. Patrick Chung said, quote, we're going to go out there and kick their blank baby, end quote. So what do you think about that? I mean, the Patriots are used to having people talk trash toward them and then using it against them. But what do you think about the fact that there's a Patriot out there in Patrick Chung, who obviously knows what it's like to get to the Super Bowl, uh, what do you think about him going out there and, and just saying point blank clearly in Foxborough when they were in front of their fans, hey, you know, we're going to go out there and, and beat them down? Sounds eerily familiar to when Jalen Ramsey said, we're going to the Super Bowl and we're going to win that expletive. So what do you think about Patrick Chung saying that? Well, he's he, he deserves a chance to, to talk that way because he's a champion. And I think if you're on a team led by Tom Brady and coached by Bill Belichick, he doesn't mind. They don't mind that kind of talk. Uh, you're not going to get up in front of an audience or in front of a, the media and say, oh, I think we'll win this game or maybe we can win this game. You know, it, that doesn't make any sense. You know, there's there's arguments for both sides. Uh, the, the young the young quarterback, the quarterback from uh, L.A. has got a, a good argument and so does Chung. So, you know, just leave it there. And uh, look, at if you need bullet board material at this time of the year with a couple days left you're not thinking very well you know we're in a place right now where we know that it only helps the patriots to give that to them but you're going to get the patriots best game so my best thing would be to keep my mouth shut and just go to work and get after it the best way that i know how is you know to me it's the only way to do this is to know that you're playing up against the toughest team that anybody has played for over a decade now. So the time, you know, you like you said, you don't have to get up for this emotionally. You know that you're going to be playing the best of the best, so you have to attack it. So let's speak on how they attack it. They have Todd Gurley, who was very unhappy with his play a game ago. So they have Todd Gurley out there, who's, you know, to many people, the number one running back in the country. You have C.J. Anderson, who's found life with this Rams team after being a little bit of a journeyman since getting kicked out of Denver. You have Jared Goff as your quarterback, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds stepping up, Tyler Higby, a big-time possession tight end against the Saints to help them win that game. What do you think about the offense of the Rams? Do they have enough talent? Do they have enough weapons to go up against the Patriots? Well, let's let's start with the talent uh, synopsis there. I think uh, L.A. certainly has more talent, not at the quarterback position, obviously, but across the board, they're, they're bigger, faster, quicker athletes. They're huge up front in the defensive line. Their offensive line uh, has shown that they can move defensive lines out of the way and get, get the running game going. Certainly, L.A. has the better athletes. They have, again, one of the bright young coaches, and that's a trend that's, that's, that's going to be prevalent here in the next couple of years, and the NFL has hired these young offensive coordinators and see what they can do. Um, head coaches, I should say, they, they, they deserve to crow a little bit. Too. They, they've done an awful lot. They're young. Golf, you know, you got to give him a little bit of credit. This is his third year. He came in a little bit afraid his first year, kept bounced around. It was the end of uh, Jeff Fisher's uh, dismal time there over there. And in comes the day, turns the guy around, lets him loose, and they start throwing the ball all over the place. He certainly got the physical skills to do it. 
big, tall, strong guy. Sort of looks like Brady. Uh, but he's he's kind of slight too, you know. I'm, you know, I, I would look for the uh, <clears throat> the defensive line of uh, the Patriots to really put some pressure on him. And who knows what's going to happen when the light shines in front of the the deer? You know, you don't know if he's going to be a little skittish or not. So we'll see what happens with that. They certainly have enough talent, and they have more talent than the than uh, the Pats. And yeah, it's going to be definitely a big time game. And I was speaking with Marvin Graves, a former Syracuse quarterback, at the start of the show about this. And Papa Joe, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Just what you think about the juxtaposition between Sean McVay, who's the same age as me, just turned 33, and I recently turned 33 as well. So Sean McVay, 33 years old. Bill Belichick, twice his age exactly. He is 66. McVay is 33. And then you got Tom Brady, who's been around the block, and you got Jared Goff, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, is only a two year starter because his first season is rookie season. Jeff Fisher wouldn't really let him get out there. So he started for McVay last year, started for him this year. What are your thoughts on this young quarterback, Jared Goff, going up against Tom Brady? And then, you know, obviously Sean McVay, who, you know, 30, <laughs> when, when Bill Belichick was 33. Sean McVay was being born. So, you know, I mean, what what are your thoughts on the juxtaposition of it all? Well, you know, any football fan knows that Jared Goff is not going to play Tom Brady. They're going to play each other's defense. McVay, uh, you know, he leaves, he'll leave the defensive scheme to Wade Phillips, which is the proper thing to do. I mean, Wade Phillips is older than dirt, for crying out loud. He's older than tomato plants. So he's, uh, he's going to be a key in the game. You, you just can't. You can't say that both quarterbacks are playing against each other because they're not. You know, Brady likes to sit on the bench, let his defensive do the job. If he can sit there and rest for 10 or 12 or 15 minutes, uh, fine. If not, he gets he goes back to work against the, the opposing team's defenses. So, you know, it's, it, it's not fair to, to, to put both quarterbacks against each other. They both have to go against each other's defense. And when we look at these quarterbacks going up against defenses, you know, as far as breaking down how they've looked so far this season, I mean, Tom Brady is is Tom Brady, but if we go to Tom Brady's numbers and see how he's been playing so far this year to take a, a true look at everything, you know, Tom Brady, as far as, you know, he, he has been this season, we know he's been around the block. We know that, you know, there's some comments about, can he do this? Can he do that? And whatnot, but the reality of it all is he is Tom Brady. He has four thousand three hundred and fifty-five passing yards. He has twenty-nine touchdowns to eleven interceptions this season. So, and against the AFC West, you know we, we've seen how uh, he had played up against that in recent history to give them some numbers on that. And now he's playing up against the NFC West, going up against the Rams. But in the last five games, we've seen him. You know, against Pittsburgh, he had one touchdown, one pick. Against Buffalo, one touchdown, two picks. Against the Jets, a terrible team. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. Against the Chargers, had a touchdown. And against Kansas City, he had one touchdown, two interceptions, and they relied more on the rushing attack uh, up against the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime. What are your thoughts on this? He was 30 of 46. He had one touchdown, two interceptions. Everybody wanted to glorify Tom Brady for another game that he won but he really didn't win this game. This game went to a lot of other pieces on the team. What do you think about Tom Brady's most recent outing against Kansas City? Probably wasn't his best. I think he'll probably admit that too. Uh, but, you know, as he often says, is this isn't Tom Brady's Patriots. This is a team game. And uh, you win on both sides of the ball. Uh, he's going to be facing a very, very difficult 
front four or front five of uh, of L.A. Uh, so and Donald are are, are going to monopolize most of the, the blockers up front. One thing that disturbs me about uh, something is uh, Dante Fowler coming in and doing a heck of a job as sort of like a, a stand-up tight, stand-up rushing end or whatever you want to call him, rushing a passer. Um, I'm really really disappointed that Fowler didn't do more when he was with the Jaguars. Uh, I followed him when he was at the University of Florida. He was dominant when he played there. Uh, he was drafted by the home team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, and wound up really stinking up the place. So all of a sudden, he gets he gets uh, traded to three thousand miles away. He's under one of the better defensive coordinators in the in the game, probably in history, Wade Phillips. All of a sudden, he turns into a world beater. So you put those two guys together, Donald and So, and throw in Fowler there. You got a couple of good, really good uh, safeties back there. It's going to be a tough day for Tom Brady, and certainly he can't afford to have uh, one or two mistakes. Not against, uh, not against LA. No, and, and and when we look at you know how how these guys have gone up, uh, gone this season so far. I mean, I gave you the numbers on Tom Brady to give your numbers. On Jared Goff, I mean Jared Goff has been able to uh, truly put up some uh, put uh, some amazing numbers over 4,600 yards passing, uh, 4,688. So he has over 300 yards more than Tom Brady, and he has 32 touchdowns and 12 interceptions so far this season. At Tom Brady's 29 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, so they're almost even there. What do you think about the young gun Jared Goff? Before we get to the rushing attack of the Rams. What do you think about what Jared's been able to do really in only two seasons as a starter in the NFL? Well, he's listened intently to his coach. And uh, obviously McVay has, has got his ear. Uh, he's letting the kid play ball. He's certainly got the physical tools. We, we've we already discussed that. Uh, he's got some, he's got a good wide out. Brandon Cooks used to be with a, with a, uh, with the pass too. You know, he throws to his backs out of the backfield. I think he's a, he's a good complement to what, McVay wants to do and I wouldn't be surprised if they load up more on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to the draft which would be even scarier uh, if he's allowed to do a few things uh, on his own uh, we'll see we'll see how he responds to that a lot of times he's going to have to come to the, uh, to the line of scrimmage and maybe maybe make an audible or adjust something here or there let's see how smart he is to do that but I like him he's a big strong kid smart kid uh, but we'll see yeah, well, we'll definitely see as things shake out here where Jared Goff's going to be. But like you said, on the other side of it, Tom Brady, you know, you beat Tom Brady by getting after the rushing attack because if you take out the rushing attack where if the Patriots are allowed to run the ball, it is going to be a long, long day for the Rams. So you have Aaron Donald, you have Adamican Sue, you have Dante Fowler Jr. and company going up against the Patriots rushing attack and going and trying to get to Tom Brady just what you could say about you know the the Rams defensive line and, and overall you know their their front line and and what they have with a guy a stand up guy like Dante Fowler Jr. as an outside linebacker to attack he was the only person to sack Drew Brees in their game against the Ram against the uh, Saints on the road in New Orleans what are your thoughts on this rushing attack on this passing attack to know that the Rams have so many talented players going up against Tom Brady knowing that they have to stop the run and knowing that taking Brady down and making Brady hit the dirt a couple times is really the only way to beat him. 
Brady's notorious for getting rid of the ball quickly, whether he's under center or he's come out of the shotgun. A lot of times he'll get rid of the ball in less than three seconds, which is amazing, frankly. And I don't know if the uh, defensive players uh, can move that fast to get to get to him by that. That the, the seconds tick by. If he's back there for four seconds, the the you know the pocket collapses and then he goes tumbling down. You know, uh, let me go back to, to Dante Fowler again. Um, certainly, he they found something. Uh, the coaches found something they liked about him to bring him over there. That's sort of. I'm going to give a sort of a little slap to the face of our Jaguars here. I don't know. I don't know why they couldn't unleash this kid. And it has to do with coaching. Um, he just wasn't coached properly, whether it was a, uh, the defensive line coach or the linebackers coach, whatever he was playing or the head coach, you know, he wasn't coached properly. Here he goes over. Now he's uh, he's going to, he may be part of a Super Bowl winning team, which he will never see with, with the Jaguars in their current state. I think that uh, their defensive the defensive front is going to be the key. If they can get to Brady, knock him around a little bit, like you said, make him taste the turf a little bit. But, you know, he's Brady can walk up to the line of scrimmage and he can automatically see what the defense has given him. If he audibles at the, at the line of scrimmage and has some success with that, it's going to be a long day for L.A. Yeah, you know, and, and at the same time, if they're able to run the ball – the way that they have in the past. It's going to be a long day for Los Angeles as well. Papa Joe, final notes on this game. You know, just what your overall thoughts are as we go into it. What do the Patriots need to do? What do the Rams need to do, in your opinion? We've talked about a few different pieces, but to, to make it a concise Rams-Patriots, what do these teams need to do to get the W? Well, in, in LA's case, uh, it's, it's quite obvious, and McVeigh knows this, and so does Phillips, they've got to keep Brady off the field. So you put the onus back on the on the offense. Offense has got to control the line of scrimmage. They got to run the ball. They got to run the clock. Short passes here or there. Take a shot down the field uh, to to Cooks. Got to keep Brady off the field. If they don't keep Brady off the field, it's going to be a long day. Uh, Pats have got to do the same thing. They got to control the line of scrimmage and they got to run, just like you mentioned a little while ago. If, the, if Brady and the boys run the ball, it's going to be a very, very long afternoon. Because I'm not sure that uh, golf has the physical skills, not say physical skills, maybe the uh, experience to come back uh, if Brady puts up some numbers on the boards. So there it is. It's at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That coming from Papa Joe, it is at the line of scrimmage. And just like George O'Leary said to me years ago, if you do not take care of your team from the inside out, the championships are won in the trenches. They're won on the offensive and defensive line. If you don't build from the inside out, you've already lost the game. Papa Joe, as always, I appreciate it. I know you'll be watching the Super Bowl, and I look forward to talking with you about it very soon. Thanks a lot. See you later. All right, take care. That coming from Papa Joe one more time. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. The final piece of today's show will be shared with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. The Fantasy Football Power Hour is every single Thursday, typically 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, inside a wake-up call, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in the Penn and Trophy Center. We will have an abridged version of that today in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. 
Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day, all complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Having peace of mind when you're out of town that your furry loving friend is safe and sound means taking them to Canine Campground because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying, in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. Now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pickup times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K, dot com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to K9 Campground. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. 
It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're all having yourselves a tremendous, tremendous day. Please stay warm. My hand, I'm not kidding with you, my, my, the side of my hand hurts, and my hand, my right hand is still cold from going outside like, I don't. Even, I opened the door like an hour ago, an hour and a half, no, it was like, a, it, was, it was almost two hours ago. My hands are still cold, so... Please be smart out there, folks. It's nine degrees outside uh, is the high. I think right now it's like, I don't even know, four or five. Please be careful. Please be smart. To all the people, to my old boss, uh, Maria, that's out in the Midwest, and to um, to Mary T., my family's family out there in Wisconsin, please be careful. Negative 40, negative 50, just insane weather out there right now. So everybody just uh, please be careful and be smart. Don't be outside if you don't have to be outside, and make sure that you're that you're uh, you're, you're going to treat each other well here. So uh, it, it's supposed to ease the polar vortexes, it, it, whatever it is. It's supposed to slow down here a little bit. So just be smart when you're out there. And when I say be good to each other, you know, just just if you see somebody that's shivering and whatnot, and you got an extra scarf in the car, throw it over to them. Okay, you can always buy another one for two bucks at Marshall's. So. Just be just be smart out there and, and be compassionate. We are here on the show. Speaking of smart and compassionate, we have Mike Sofka, Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Him and I have been talking about the NFL all the way through since before the season started, throughout training camp, into the preseason, into the regular season, and now sitting here at the Super Bowl. It is my honor, my privilege, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center to keep the conversation going with Mr. Sofka. Mike, how are we doing today? Awesome. Hang, hang on one second. Yes, yeah. I'll have another pina colada and, and some more of those chips here. Oh, and I'll need a towel or something. I got a slight chill over here. The water's a little cold today. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing very well. I will tell you this. On Tuesday, when my mom and I were leaving uh, Florida, when we were leaving Orlando, it was like 56 degrees outside. We went to the pool. There was nobody there. We went to the pool, and I took my shirt off, laid there. I got a tan in an hour and a half. We laid out in front of the sun. Everybody thought we were nuts. It was cold. You know, the, the chair was cold on your back. The sun was great on the front. And and we sat there and we got ourselves a tan before we got on the plane. So I'm right there with you, Mike. 50-something degrees. Throw me out there. I rolled up my jeans, took off my shirt, and now I came back to net. Now everybody's trying to figure out why they got a, a milk chocolate Dan Satora inside of the snow tundra of uh, of upstate new york they're trying to figure out how the hell i got a tan but i got one <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's we awesome. yeah we we had a you know you have to mike listen when you come from the north it, it as long as the sun is out and there's blue skies you could find a way to get a tan and knowing my mother we will that's just how it is awesome you got to do that i love i love your i love your 
very elongated responses. Awesome. <laughs> but it was, which, which you, I mean, you do, right? You got to find a way. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not just going to sweatshirt it up and, and, you know, pack it in and go home. The sun's out. There's a pool I'm going to enjoy. And by the way, I probably could have swam because the pool was heated, but it was just the thought of getting out of the pool. That's, that's what it was. So look, I'm living the dream for everybody else right now throughout the country. It's a tremendous responsibility and I'm okay with that. Sitting by the pool, drinking a frozen drink, working on my tan today, sun starting to peek out from behind the clouds. I consider it my social responsibility for all those of you who are freezing throughout the country. You want to be in Florida? Oh, if I could only be in Florida, I'd be out tanning by the pool. I'm doing it for you. You're enjoying it through the proxy of me. Congratulations. Enjoy your day in the sun today via me. I feel like you're going to need a healthcare proxy, speaking of all this, with all these, you know, open threats to the people that are freezing around the country. I think you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna need somebody. And by the way, I, I guess I'm a I'm a good healthcare proxy. I know you know you know Mike. I never I never thought about this once in my life, but I've been trusted with now multiple lives to be you know a, a healthcare proxy, which I think is it's kind of interesting here. You know, because I always tell people to be nice to me, or I could just hold the oxygen cord a little bit tighter. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah, well, the only thing I'm worried about is skin cancer from all this tanning I'm doing while we're on the phone right now. There are so many people that loathe you in this moment. <laughs> but I'm not one of them because I sat out in the sun two days ago, so shout out. So uh, with, with that being said, speaking of, you know, wonderful, beautiful times, I should say, uh, you know, the weather, I guess in Atlanta won't be too bad, but they're going to be inside a Mercedes Benz stadium. What do you think about, uh, first and foremost, the, uh, the Atlanta hosting, you know, having the opportunity to host this Super Bowl? I've been down in Atlanta and they have like three different comic cons. I went to Dragon Con. They have the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. They, you know, they have the Peach Bowl game. They now have the Super Bowl a few years back. I was down there for the Final Four in the championship game. What do you think about the city of Atlanta, Georgia, getting so many of these you know, big-time events in entertainment and sports and knowing that the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is going to be showcased once again? I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. I, I used to live in, a, in the Atlanta area for a little while, and there's always something to do, and they've continued to build, build that city and make things modern. I mean, it didn't appear to me to be not too long ago they had a brand-new Turner Field, and then they took that and knocked that down, and now it's a little further out toward uh, Six Flags. But, you know, that Mercedes-Benz Dome is something else. I haven't been in it yet, but from the looks of it on TV, inside and out, you know, it looks like a, a, a tremendous facility and, and, and good for them for having the uh, sponsorship and the ability from the owner of the Falcons and so forth to be able to push forward and continue on developing and building and staying out front. Because if you don't stay out front, it's hard to get people to go to games. Not, you know, not just talking the Super Bowl, I'm talking regular games, you know, so they, they drop the concession prices. So I think all that kind of steamrolls and, and builds up to big events like this and their ability to host that tourism. They got plenty of hotels, traffic's there, you don't want to drive, but hopefully you're staying near the, uh, you know, your event when you're visiting. I really enjoyed my time in Atlanta. There was a lot to do. There was a lot of variety. There was a lot of, um, a lot of, it's a sports town. I mean, they, they enjoyed some sports there. I, I've gone to baseball games. I went to hockey games and they had hockey there, basketball games, and of course the football games. I'm anxious to see one at the Mercedes 
uh, dome here. But I, I think the players are going to be comfortable. I think it's going to be an okay atmosphere. You know, chances are these teams have played there uh, b- before, um, maybe not the the Patriots, but, you know, they're used to similar conditions. These fields and stadiums throughout the country are getting more modernized, getting upgrades, because that's the only way to stay ahead of the curve. Let's face it, I could sit at home in front of my 72-inch TV here and, you know, watch the game and have a better experience. The, the food and drinks are cheaper, you know, and I could see replays. And, you know, we've, we, we've almost out-teched ourselves from going to the game. So I, I trust there's more interaction with the fans. I trust in the future there'll be more electronic interaction to attract millennials. Uh, they'll probably be introducing sports gambling onto these bikes as well. So the future looks like it's 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 going to be changing for when you're attending an athletic event. But this week, I think everybody's going to have a great time. They're not, you know, in these sub-freezing temperatures, and it's an indoor game. So even if it is a little bit chilly, it's, you know, a nice 72 degrees, and it's going to be a, something everybody's going to wish they were at when they're watching on their TV throughout the country this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a, a tremendous opportunity and a tremendous time. It's going to be very interesting to, you know, kind of see where everything is 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 going to be, you know, at as we move forward from here and, and, you know, just what opportunities could come because we're used to, you know, Florida getting a lot of these chances and a lot of these Super Bowls. We know it was in Minneapolis recently. We know that, you know, they put it in the cold tundra up in New Jersey in recent history as well. So it's definitely going to be fun to see as we go from here and, and to see if anybody besides the Patriots can make it out of the AFC. What are your thoughts, Mike, on this year's Patriots team? You know, they, they weren't in the top two. They weren't number one. Then all of a sudden in the last week, they become last two weeks they always end up in the top two. They get a bye. They go out there. They play the Chargers. They embarrass them from the moment that they get out of the gate. They play Kansas City. That brings up a lot of questions about overtime rules. You and I spoke about that. There's all of these things that are going on, all of these moments that are happening, yet here's a team that just never says die, and they never truly die, and they always find ways to be successful. So here they sit with Tom Brady out there in his 40s, and you got Bill Belichick at 66 years old, and they're both at another Super Bowl yet again what do you think about this year's Patriots team that found a way to do it one more time? Uh, this is what they do. This is what the evil empire is. They're like the football antichrist. They don't lose. More times than not, they're going to come out the victor. They're, 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 you can't go up against this unstoppable force every time. Maybe every once in a while you're going to be able to stop it. But this is what Bill Belichick does. This is what Tom Brady does. Oh, they're old. Oh, they suck. Oh, they're not as good here. They're not as good there. They embrace that. They love it because they're used to being the evil, wicked, bad guy who's always the favorite. Well, they are the favorite going in this game. And the two reasons are Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They're not about to let this opportunity get past them. I do not see them going into this game, win or lose, after this game, I don't see them going into this game worried. I see them going into this game as it's another Super Bowl, whereas the Rams are going into this game saying, wow, this is the Super Bowl. Because a lot of these guys haven't been to a Super Bowl, and a lot of the Patriots have. So this is just business as usual. This is what they do. 
They're taking their lunch pail. They're going to work. Their number one priority this weekend, in my opinion, is stopping Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue with the rush up the middle. If that can happen, and if they can run the ball and get short dump-offs to James White, occasional crosses or, or slants to Julian Edelman, and then Gronk's the big third down guy and maybe the red zone guy, they're going to slow the defense, I mean the offense of the Rams, by keeping them off the field. Now, on the flip side, that's the same game plan by the Rams. They're going to try to keep Tom Brady off the field. Somebody's going to have to budge. I think it's going to be a very close game, win or lose for either team. It's going to be an exciting Super Bowl to watch. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be a big-time Super Bowl. And I had spoken with a couple of the guys this morning. Marvin Graves, our typical Monday morning quarterback, joined us today because we were off on Monday. And uh, Papa Joe joined us as well. And, and Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this. Just the fact that you know we're in a situation where there is such juxtaposition. Bill Belichick is 66, twice the age of 33-year-old Sean McVay, who's the head coach of the Rams. And then you have Tom Brady in his 40s and been playing this beautiful sport of football inside the NFL for a very, very long time, whereas Jared Goff is only in his second year as a starter and third year altogether in the NFL. What do you think about putting those two side by side? You got a young quarterback that's getting his legs under him. You got a, a you know, a, a very young, vibrant, and extremely successful head coach in Sean McVay. And then on the other side, you got Bill Belichick at 66 years old. Every, every year older he gets, he gets better. And the same with Tom Brady, just continues to find ways to beat you and pick you apart. What do you think about the juxtaposition? I think it's awesome. I think it's going to have. I think it's setting up for a storybook ending. Look, one of two things is going to happen: either we're going to have the oldest coach to ever win a Super Bowl win a Super Bowl, or we're going to have the youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl win the Super Bowl. So, one of these two outcomes is definitely going to happen. And I think it's the same thing with the quarterback situation. You have the old wily veteran who's been there. Yeah, he's he's. Some say he's getting long in the tooth, but most say that, you know, he's the gunslinger they want on their side in a shootout. So I hope it doesn't become a shootout for their sake, because I think the Rams may have an offensive advantage. I think if it comes down to them controlling the ball, controlling the clock, which I think is going to be more like what both teams are going to do, I think that, you know, this could bode well for the Patriots. I think that you know, the, the opportunity to see the changing of the guard or the passing of the baton or what have you, the stage is set for that. It wouldn't surprise me if that happened and the Rams won. Unfortunately, you know, I, I'm, I'm leaning toward not feeling that way, but at the same time, that wouldn't surprise me. And the story is set. The plot is thickening, and we're ready to wrap this one up and see, is this a changing of the guard here or not? Right, you know, and and that's where we're at right now is is this going to be a changing of the guard? Are we going to see something evolve here or are we going to you know be in a situation where the Patriots just continue to win? What do the Rams have? What is what is their MO? What do you think are the best pieces of the Rams? Because I don't want to load this question. There's things on my mind. I've talked about them, you know, going into this game. I've I've spoken about, you know, obviously them this morning, but Mike, for you, what are what are those big-time pillars, the foundations of the Rams that could potentially take down the Patriots? Well, it's it's pretty obvious. I think most of it, just like with the Patriots, because the Patriots, how can you keep reloading? How can you keep 
building through these salary cap times and through these tough free agent times and these giant contracts, well, it's, you know, you scout and you do things wisely. And it may not be those top guys that, you know, are getting those fat paychecks and with the fat contracts that are contributing the most. You know, you look at guys like, a, you know, and I know Cooper Cup's out, but, you know, his replacement, Josh Reynolds. Here's a speedster right now. And, you know, this may lead to the departure in a couple of years of a Brandon Cooks, you know, with Robert Woods looking more like the number one. So I think depth is real important. I think being able to have the coach call that player's number at the right time in the right situation and having the right play call to make their players successful. McVay seems to have caught lightning in a bottle with this. Look at what he's been doing with C.J. Anderson. Look at the amount of value he's been extracting at him as a power runner. He's even kept Todd Gurley on the bench. Now, I think that's somewhat of a Todd Gurley's deficiencies. In the last game, I think he had five or six carries for like 13 yards and a touchdown. And quite frankly, said that he was horrible and didn't expect to be on the field. You know, he was playing bad. He said he was sorry, was the quote from him. And then McVay comes right back and protects his player and says, I need to do a better job of getting him more involved in the game plan. Now, I trust he's sticking up for his player. They insist that Gurley's not injured anymore. But at the same time, you know, that dynamic balance, being able to identify that, hey, you know, we won the game. We were fortunate to come out with a win. Gurley didn't play well, but it's part my fault as well. This is McVeigh talking, saying that, you know, it's my responsibility to put him in a position to be successful. And if he's not, whether the player executes the play properly or not, holds on to the ball or not, it ultimately comes down to the coach. Because if those plays aren't made and losses back up, the coach will be out the door. The teams are not going to throw away a player over a coach. Now, that might be different in New England, but the team's always going to side with the player. It's the coach's responsibility. So I think to answer that question, the, the, the difference here and what the Rams have that's different from everybody else is McVeigh. You look at what they were able to do in New Orleans by silencing. You know, a lot of times, this, this was very, this was a lot of finesse on the New England, on New England, New Orleans and the New Orleans fans to be able to get into the head of the Rams, not just before the snap of the ball for an audible for, for them to change the play, but getting in their head and being loud the first 15 seconds of the play clock, because that's when McVay is talking to Jared Goff. Jared Goff's still a young quarterback, and he gets to the line and he's reading the defense. And meanwhile, McVay is still coaching him while Goff is looking at the defense and he's looking at alternatives because he can see how the defense is lined up as well. So what the New Orleans Saints did was they made it loud and difficult for him to get that communication during the first 15 seconds of the play clock. I don't think they're going to have that same challenge at the Super Bowl because I don't think there's going to be that extreme fan base for the Patriots. I think a lot of the Super Bowl tickets, unfortunately, go to folks who may not have a horse in the race and are just there for a great game. And that's fine. That's fine. It is what it is. But, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to get as loud as New Orleans did to get in the head of Jared Goff. So, again, McVeigh could be the difference in this game. Not a player, a coach. In McVeigh, he could be the reason why the Rams win. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Sean McVay because he is such a mind and, and he can do so many things and pick things apart and whatnot. He was the Washington Redskins offensive coordinator for a little while. What do you, I mean, what, what can you say about what Sean McVay is, though? I mean, he, he's 33 years old. I mean, he's he's this young gun. He's somebody who would be young to be hired as an offensive coordinator to some people. Uh, what, what do you think about just what he's been able to do and how he's been able to pick it apart? I mean, he had the same talent that Jeff Fisher had who had gone to a Super Bowl, and Jeff Fisher couldn't figure out how to get Todd Gurley and Jared Goff and Robert Woods and, and so on and so forth running. What can you say about, you know, the 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 Sean McVay factor of it all to go a little bit deeper into it that this young 33-year-old spry head coach is in the Super Bowl right now and has an opportunity to like you said be the youngest coach ever to have a Super Bowl ring. Well, this may be reading too much into it, but I think it's relatability. I think it's his ability. He's got players. He's got Andrew Whitworth, who's his tackle, who's actually four years older than him, at 33, Whitworth at 37. So there's some unique dynamics going there. I think he's more relatable. You know, as we get to a point in our world socially, and I don't mean to classify people or judge people. I'm just going to say what it is. It's the millennial type effect on society. The millennials are at that point where there's millennial players in the league. And unfortunately, the the doctrine, the way the millennial generation was raised is a little bit different than most you or, or, or I, Dan, or a lot of older people were raised. So there's different perspectives. Well, your perspective and your perception is reality. However, I see the world as my reality. You remember a few years ago, they had that thing online with the dress. Some people saw the dress with this color. Some people saw it that color. It's how you see the world through your own eyes. And McVeigh is more relatable to that extent. He has an opportunity to communicate with somebody who grew up in that same doctrine, grew up with those same type, I don't want to say values, but perception of the world. And when you have somebody who can relate to you, you're going to take coaching a little better, even if it's on a subconscious level, even if, even if you don't realize it, if you respect that person because you can understand where they're coming from, things are going to be related a lot different. And you say, well, well, Mike, there's coaches in the NFL and they're paid millions of dollars. It doesn't matter. If they can't coach the player, if they can't truly reach the player, understand the player's needs and wants and understand how to get the most out of that player. It doesn't matter. I think this is the wave of the future, and I think we're going to see coaches obviously getting younger and younger. They're not going to get any older, that's for sure. What I mean is this doesn't surprise me that things are heading this way. You have to have a coach who can feel, who can empathize, sympathize, and understand how to motivate today's NFL player. That's what McVay is. Yeah, Sean McVay knowing how to speak to people, being a whisperer of some sorts. I would not think that you would consider the whisperer to be that which of Bill Belichick. I, I don't I don't know if, if we would say that much or go that far to that. So the the key to victory, you know, I, I would I would venture to say, Mike, when we look at this game, is the ability to get Tom Brady on the ground. You have Aaron Donald, you have Dante Fowler Jr., you have Indominus Sue, you have this front line and you have, you know, basically, you know, these two lines of defense to come after 
Tom Brady. You get him on the ground, you know, a couple times, two, three times, you got an opportunity. If you condense the run and somehow find a way to, you know, quiet James White, if you're not going to completely silence him and, and stuff down Sony Michelle, you got a chance in this one as well. On the other side of it, you know, for the Patriots, it's about running the ball. And it's about Tom Brady staying upright, and it's about the offensive line. It's in the trenches how you're going to win this game. I do agree with that notion that we spoke about earlier here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So, you know, who do you think has the, the, the better piece in this? Is it the protection of the Patriots and their rushing attack, or is it is it the onslaught of the Rams? What, what do you think is going to win out in this one? Well, the intestinal fortitude of the New England Patriots line is definitely going to be tested this weekend with the with the presence of these you know all pro Pro Bowl type players that they have. And you know, it, it, look, Aaron Donald is a beast. He's got to have four hands on him. What I mean by that is he has to be double teamed every play. What that does is free up somebody else on a twist or a stunt or on a blitz, and he enables those other characters, the Dante Fowler who who's. Uh, type player who can get to the quarterback, the Indomitian Sue. Indomitian Sue next to next to Aaron Donald. Are you kidding me? If I couldn't have Aaron Donald, you know who I'd want? Indomitian Sue, and they got both guys. So, I mean, that pressure up the middle is not what any quarterback wants to see. So that's going to be the true testament. Who wins that battle in the trenches? You know, I, I, I'm going to have to give the athleticism and the ability to get at the quarterback, I'd have to give the edge to the Rams defensive line here. However, with the coaching of Belichick and with the ability of the Patriots offensive line to keep Tom Brady upright, keep his jersey clean, and I don't know, can you count any sacks that they've had in the playoffs here? I know he's been hurried a couple times maybe, so what I'm trying to say is they're doing a great job of protecting Tom Brady. That's the key to the Patriots' success keeping him upright. Those offensive linemen know that, and I don't think they're going to fail, even up against the likes of an Indomitian Sue and an Aaron Donald. Yeah, you know, this is going to be one hell of a game, I will say that much. You know, we're looking at a very, very strong defense, but the Patriots have found ways to embarrass defenses, and in the Patriots' defense that is not typically that great still finds a way to be that great when they play in the playoffs, so the deeper they get. Tom Brady has not been sacked in the two games that he has been in, and Dante Fowler Jr., who was a Jaguar, who I get to spend some time with in Jacksonville, he's the only person to have sacked Drew Brees in their game in the NFC Championship game. So we're setting up for a good one. It is going to be great. Mike, give us your prediction. Give us your thoughts. Who's winning the game? What's the score going to be? Look, I think I made it clear, you know, I, you know I'm leaning Patriots here, and I say lean because I think it's going to be a close game. You know, those, those guys in Vegas, they don't set these lines and totals and differences, you know, on a whim. There's a lot of study. There's a lot of math. I know 50% of the money needs to go on one side and 50% on the other. I get all that. But it comes to a point where they come miraculously close on these spreads all the time, and I think we're going to be in for a close game. I think it is going to be about a three-point game, and I think i got to give the edge to the Patriots. I think i got to give the edge in coaching. i got to give the edge in quarterback. Now, the Rams are going to put up a heck of a game, and it wouldn't surprise me if they won. They would be deservingly you know, a winner of the Super Bowl, regardless of what people think of the Saints game and the missed calls and so forth. But the bottom line is still the bottom line. They still have to go out there and play. The Patriots have been to Super Bowls and in situations like this before. I give the edge to the Patriots. I look for, I'll even give you a score. I'll go 30-27, Patriots. 
All right. Well, you know, it's only fair that I get my side of it. I think the Patriots have an opportunity, obviously, better than anybody else to win yet another Super Bowl. Sean McVay, we got the same age, brother. You're 33 years old. You got to make us 33-year-old people look good. But, you know, I I think this is going to be a really, really tough game. I think it is going to, I mean, the Rams, in my opinion, were not the best team in L.A. toward the end of the season. It was the Chargers. I thought the Chiefs had a shot. I think with Kareem Hunt, they definitely had a good shot of getting there. I thought the Saints were playing, you know, the best on the NFC side. So, you know, ultimately, as these chips have fallen and, you know, some calls and some overtimes and this and that have taken some teams out of these games and some moments have taken them out, you know, we, we look at where we sit right now. And it is so easy to pick the Patriots. And I, I think that I think that choosing the Patriots is, is you know, I mean, how many times are you going to be wrong? The Rams in in this game, you know, Aaron Donald, and Dominican Sue, Dante Fowler Jr., you got Todd Gurley, you got CJ Anderson who's been stepping it up, you got Jared Goff, you got Josh Reynolds, Tyler Higby's come up and been, you know, a, a big time tight end in this. This could be a swan song for Rob Gronkowski. And, you know, I, I think I, I think that the Patriots have so much to offer in this game. I would love to see the Rams win. I would love to see a different team win. But I'm going to say 41-27 Patriots. I I mean, it's the number in my head. And how do you go against what they're doing and how they're doing it? And, you know, I mean, I I really honestly think that anybody that picks the Rams is because they want the Patriots to lose. I don't know if you can honestly do research and be in the world of sports media and think to yourself that the Patriots don't have a better than 50-50 chance of winning this game. So, you know, I'm going to have to go Patriots 41-27. Mike's going 30-27, and we'll see what happens from here. Mr. Sofka, as always, Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. I appreciate you. I think I have the ice for your pina colada up here, so I'll bring it down to you. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, you know what I'm going to do for you, Dan? I'm going to do something special for you. My next fruity cocktail frozen drink poolside here, I'm going to make sure it comes in a pineapple cup. You know, like the pineapple where they hollow it out and everything, yeah. and then I'll save that for you when you come down here next, okay? Well, thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate your, your sincerity and your appreciate and your empathy for our situation up here. <laughs> so be All good, right. and I'll talk, talk with you better. soon. Take care. All right. That coming from Mike Sofka, once again, Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. we got to take one quick step aside before we wrap up today's show. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Drysig Lady Apparel. 
D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, drysiglady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. News: The Press Room Pub, located on 220 Herald Place in historic Herald Square in downtown Syracuse, is where entertainment and sports become one. Trivia is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. with host Dan Tortora. Sports are always on from every angle at the Press Room Pub. The main floor features a full bar and restaurant with two private party rooms featuring games, a colossal television, and more. So head out for lunch, dinner, or a drink and plan your parties with the Press Room Pub. 220 Herald Place in downtown Syracuse. Call 315-569-4345 for more information. The Press Room awaits you. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's, it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is, is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice when buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315 315- 
738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And want to thank all my guests today. Our threefold conversation on the Super Bowl with Marvin Graves, Syracuse Orange quarterback alum, as well as Papa Joe and Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Thank you, gentlemen. And also a special thanks to everybody who gave me their thoughts on Syracuse's win over Boston College, 77 to 71 on the road. We had a nice conversation about that, and I got to read off your comments today. Keep your comments coming, and I appreciate it as always. Two rules when you're leaving a comment be respectful, do not personally attack anybody, and justify your opinion. You could do all those things. We're good to go. That's how it's got to be, folks. Sorry that we have to say in the world today that you have to be respectful of one another, but unfortunately, you know, you got to remind people sometimes of what common human decency sounds like and looks like. So be good to your fellow man and make sure that, you know, when you are leaving an opinion that you're being respectful and that you're justifying your opinion. Outside of that, keep the opinions coming and thank you so much for each and every single one of those opinions. We appreciate them. With that being said, coming up on tomorrow's show on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I will have the opportunity to start off the show as we always do on a Friday with the annoying moment of the week. Proudly brought to you by Carvel DeWitt in its 10th year working with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, which I am more than honored to say is what we're doing. 10 years of working with Carvel DeWitt on Wake Up Call. They will be bringing the annoying moment of the week on Friday at 9 a.m. to start off the show. We'll be followed by that with significant sound bites at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time with a special guest. And then in the second hour of the show, we'll be live in studio on video and audio, as we always are. We let you see inside of the studio for a nice conversation on a Friday. You will see Friday morning live, the show within a show, FML, taking place inside a wake-up call on Facebook Live, facebook.com backslash DT, and of course, continuing here uh, live on the airwaves of the internet radio, MixLR, which stands for Mix Live Radio, MixLR.com backslash DT. and outside of that, bundle up today, stay warm, and come out and see us. If you are going to leave your house today, leave it for the 7 to 8 Alan Griffin Hour. The Alan Griffin Hour will be happening 7 to 8 p.m. tonight at Home Team Pub on 7990 Oswego Road in Liverpool, right there on Route 57. So come out and see us for the Alan Griffin Hour. You will be the first fans to be able to speak with a Syracuse coach or player following their win over Boston College. So why not come out and have an exclusive opportunity to do something cool and fun with Alan Griffin in the Alan Griffin Hour, 7 to 8 p.m happening Thursday, January 31st, today at the Home Team Pub, which is on 7990 Oswego Road in Liverpool, Route 57. So make sure you come hang out with us there. I want to thank the Syracuse Stallions. You can buy tickets, SyracuseStallions.com. Thank you to Monster Energy for fueling the show and to all of our great partners. I will see you tonight from 7 to 8 p.m. at Home Team Pub for the Alan Griffin Hour in Liverpool, New York. And outside, and you can watch us on video. We'll be on Facebook Live for that as well, and Facebook.com backslash Live Now DT. And we'll be live for everybody there in the audience. So can't wait to see you tonight. Can't wait to talk with you tomorrow morning. Be safe, stay warm, God bless, 
and have yourselves a truly tremendous day. And remember that everybody makes mistakes. Not everybody is perfect. There's good days and bad days. There's ups and downs. But surround yourself with positive people. Be positive to yourself. And I put this up on Facebook yesterday, and I want to read this off to you before I leave the show as my lasting words with you today. And those words that I want to leave you with are the ones that I came up with last night. Our biggest supporter lies within. Therein, too, lies our biggest critic. Learn to speak kindly to yourself. Always. Our biggest supporter lies within. Therein, too, lies our biggest critic. Learn to speak kindly to yourself. Always. God bless you all. Have yourselves a tremendous day. And I'll be with you tonight at Home Team Pub from 7 to 8 with Alan Griffin. And I'll talk with you tomorrow morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora right here on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT.